Hey listeners, Blair Fraser here. As many of you are aware, we have the pleasure to be the official media sponsor of the Lubrication and Reliability Virtual Summit taking place on September 14th and 15th. And yes, there is still time to register for this virtual event. Please go to maintenancedisrupted.com and register through our website. As part of our sponsorship and agreement with the Lubrication Reliability Virtual Summit, we get the chance to interview all of the great speakers presenting at this conference. Overwhelming response of the amount of knowledge and the speakers that are coming to present. So what we have to do in order to fit them all in before the event is we have to start releasing this, these podcasts more than once a week. So starting this week, we are going to start issuing smaller podcasts with very specific interviews with each guest. So look for these every couple of days coming out about a very specific topic. And in this very special and very personal podcast is with a friend, a mentor, a fellow Canadian, Cliff Williams. What Cliff sets out to talk about in his presentation with so many answers, why do we still have questions? I'll let Cliff describe the rest. Cliff Williams, welcome back. Well, it's good to be back, Blair. It's nice to talk to you again yeah. and uh, all this virtual stuff. It would be nice to meet you in person. But, <laughs> Wouldn't um... it, considering we're almost neighbors, um, yeah. <laughs> right? And, uh, yeah. you know, the, the way I describe you, and, I, you know, I, I talk about this and I just was talking with, I we just did an interview with Ryan Shannon over at Upkeep. And we went down and it, we, we had a we had a little disagreement there about technology. And uh, what was interesting is I reference whenever I come back to people, I always reference you. I always reference the learnings that you've you've left me with with people. And it, it just automatically goes there. And the way just seeing your face again, Cliff, even though we're not going to put this out from a video, it's always just like a warm feeling like, oh, yeah, people, people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's always good to, to connect with you, Cliff. And, and uh, the reason we have you on today is to talk. Uh, you're doing a, um, uh, a presentation at the Lubrication and Reliability Virtual Summit with so many answers. We still have some questions. But before we get into that, just in case there's a few people in our audience that haven't met you before, Cliff, who are you and what do you do? Um, who am I? Uh, I'm Cliff Williams. And what do I do? Um, right now, I'm... Uh, a principal advisor with TMS Asset Management, which focuses on asset management, believe it or not. And uh, I'm also a principal advisor with people and processes in the US uh, who focus much more on maintenance and reliability. Um, for, for my sins, I, I have just recently retired from being the, the corporate reliability and maintenance manager for ERCO, which, was a, which is a Canadian-based chemical company. Um, with plants all around North America and South America. And um, it, was, it was great fun. Uh, and uh, it's funny that you should mention people um, because the, the one learning is in retirement that I miss the people. <laughs> it's ah. like, it's uh, that the work was okay and the work was fine, but it was the people that were involved in visiting the plants and, and the relationships that we'd built. Um, it's something that we've missed and we've actually started to think about doing Zoom meetings with all of the ex-maintenance managers at the plants who have retired. So Interesting. Yeah. We're going to get an old man's group. That's so, right. 
once you once you old people figure out how to use zoom right yeah if we, we, well I, i've got kids so okay, i'm okay right <laughs> <laughs> oh that's that's great cliff and so we have a lot of answers right yep. and we've seen a lot of answers come through from different solution providers but we saw yep. some questions so what's that all about well um this is where uh, and i say i think the uh the podcasts are aptly uh, named. This is where I'm going to disrupt a little bit because, um, yeah, what it's all about is that, uh, you know, I've been around for uh, a long time and I see a, a complete sort of a plethora of answers and solutions and really great stuff. Really, really, I look at it and I think, wow, this is great stuff. And, um, you know, we have different groups that are offering answers and communities, all great stuff. And when I read them, I look at them and, and I jump in and I answer and I get involved. And, and then all of a sudden, one day it sort of said to me, well, uh, I was asking these questions and answering these questions 30 or 40 years ago. So um, what's wrong? Because the answers are there. There's definitely the answers are there. So why do we still have these questions? And it becomes, um, and the talk itself goes, goes about explaining um, that it may have nothing to do with uh, the solution providers. It may have nothing to do with what they what they are offering. It may have nothing to do with technology changes or anything like that. But it it has much more to do with how companies actually prepare, use, and then move forward. All of these answers and all of these offerings and all of the training. It, it's um, and what what the uh, what the presentation talks about are four or five things that typically happen in organizations that prevent them from getting the value that they should from all of these things. So that, that's, that's really the, uh, the gist of the, 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 the conversation. And I, I give some examples as to where I've seen it. You know, I've gone into organizations and it becomes obvious that either, you know, sort of one of those four reasons is existing and you kind of know straight away that doesn't matter what I do here, I, uh, they're not gonna get the results that, that they want because they really haven't prepared for it. So you, you mentioned, you know, you're hearing the same questions from 30 years ago. Are we asking the right questions? Is that the problem? Uh, you've hit on one of them. Absolutely, is um, it not, it's not so much are we asking the right questions, but are we asking the right questions for us? Now, the right questions will be the right questions for somebody, mm. but is it the right question for our organization? You know, we've talked about this lots when, you know, you know over the years about the culture of organizations. So, you know, if you have a very command and control culture in your organization, you're going to ask questions that are going to be different from ones where you've got an engaged and an empowered workforce where self-regulating and all and things. The, so the, the, the right question for the command and control is the absolute wrong question for the, 
empowered and engaged and vice versa. So it's, you kind of hit on it and it is the right question, but it's just a little add to it that says, okay, is it the right question for us? Is it the right question for our problem? And, you know, that's, that's where um, we go into the discussion about why we quite often ask the wrong question. And so we, we dig into that as well then as to why are we asking the wrong question? And, uh, you know, it, it, it's funny in that uh, people really, really, uh, once they've got an idea uh, and it's kind of a, a thing called planned bias, where once people have an idea that they have a problem, they go down that path and they want to solve that problem no matter what happens. And that's where they keep going. And their plan bias says that we're going to keep going this, even though it's not getting them the results that they want, even though someone may point out that, you know, that's, that, that's fine, but I don't think that that's really what you want to be doing. But because they have this plan bias, they keep heading down that path and they won't get off it. There's this reluctance to, to change uh, you know, or an inertia once they get going down that path. And uh, it's tough. And you, you know, you know, over the years, you, you've gone into lots of organizations where you know that you can help people. It's just they won't help themselves sometimes. And, and you know, they, you can try as much as you like and you can keep pointing these things out. And yeah, that people will say yes, but they then go back to their plan bias, which says, that's great, Cliff, but what about this? You know, so, right. you know, that, that's, that's what we see. And it's not unusual. Right. And it reminds me, and I totally blocked this out of my head. It had to be four or five years ago. I was at a, a tech conference and there was this, the chief technical officer of, you know, in our industry, one of the top companies, a Fortune 500 company. And this person went on stage and said with technology and referring to artificial intelligence and said this statement, said, with this technology, we can give you answers to questions you didn't know to ask. Right. And I was thinking right. about that and I was thinking and I was thinking and the gentleman sitting beside me looked at me and goes, I got a thousand questions I'm trying to get answers I know to ask right now. Right. right, and I was right. thinking to myself, I'm like, yeah, I, I, I think we need to solve the answer the questions we've been asking for a while versus trying to, you know, think of stuff we're just trying to answer for the sake of it. Do you agree right. with that? Like, I, I, I'm on the fence of that statement. I just couldn't, I couldn't get that through, and and I could see the audience kind of going like, hmm, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and to be honest with you, I, I'm kind of with you. I'm on the fence because I like that statement, you know, and I'm right. sure you did, you know, you, yeah. especially where you've been in industry is, you know, that statement kind of really rings true. Um, and, and for people like us, we think, wow, that's great because you do see that. Um, the challenge is that the, the thousand questions that that person has that they're not getting the answer to are back to your first thing. Are they the right questions? And right. I don't want to give too much away yes, from, the, uh, from, from the presentation, but I give some examples as to where people think that these are the questions they need to ask. They think these are the problems that they need to solve, and they're not. And you know what? It doesn't matter whether you've just got 
people writing stuff on a paper, whether you've got really integral IT systems that talk to each other, it doesn't matter if you've got AI, it, you know, and, and everything's coming so much. When you think about it, all of the problems should be getting easier to solve with all of the data that we're beginning to get. Right. But we're not going to solve anything because we're not asking the right questions. And all of the things that you, you know that, you know, wherever we go and we, we talk about people and we talk about culture and things like that. And that's at the root of 95% of the problems, but we're trying to solve it with data. Yeah, and data that will tell us that, yes, this is a problem and data will tell us this is, and we're having immense, you know, sort of amount of data to tell us what. Nobody is going behind the scenes and figuring out why. And if people don't figure out that why, it doesn't matter what solutions we provide, those little whys are still there. And it means that all the great data and all this great stuff that we have doesn't get used the same as the answers that I was given 30 odd years ago. Right. They were the right answers, but they didn't get used because they were the wrong questions. Yeah, and it, it brought me instantly back to Simon Sinek's book, Start With The Why. And, and what he talks about in the first chapter is outcomes are different than the why. An outcome of you know, reducing downtime, it, that's an outcome. It's still not the why. Right. 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 And that struck me like a bag of bricks. I'm like, that yeah. is so true. It's still not the why you're doing it. That's the outcome you're trying to achieve. You know, if there's such a thing as increased reliability, that's what, you know, most people say, I want to increase reliability, right? right? That's yeah. still an outcome. That's not a why. What is yeah. the why to that? And that's, that's interesting. Right. So I got to ask, because in your intro, Cliff, um, I believe you missed an important part of who you are and you're an author. And you wrote the book, People, A Reliability yes. Success Story. And I'm thinking to myself selfishly, there's Cliff sitting in his house in a pandemic. There has to be another book. There has to be another book coming out from Cliff. Um, I, I've thought about it. I've given, okay. it, some, I've given it some deep thought. Um, and and I've, what I've it kind of narrowed it down to there were there were two things one 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 thing is that i've i've kind of moved off a little um into the asset management realm mm -hmm. and i see the same sort of issues in asset management as as i always saw in maintenance reliability in that you know it's again it's people and culture that are going to make this success so it was a toss-up between i should try and do a similar book for asset management somebody you know people have asked me to do that um, or i thought that maybe i'd stay where i've been in maintenance and reliability and actually take the the book and and in the book as you know is that at the end of every chapter there are learning points and they're just usually sentences that illustrate the learning points from the previous chapter um, so what I've been thinking of doing is taking that and really expanding the learning points and building examples and maybe giving tables and maybe giving, you know, sort of ways mm -hmm. of actually um, achieving those learning. More, points. more tactical execution on. Right. 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 Yeah. Rather than just having it. Okay. This is, you know, obviously this is the point that was supposed to be made in that, you know, in the chapter uh, and leaving people to go ahead and try and make it work maybe right. expanding on it and sort of say, 
maybe you need to do this, 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 or you know, five or six steps that you need to do to be able to get to the point where you can do Fantastic. this. You know, so yeah, it's uh, discipline. That's, that's right. That's the, that, that's the challenge. Is um, and when you know we're lucky. Uh, I, I, probably people don't know, but we're we're up we're up in Ontario, Canada right, right. now, and uh, uh, we've got an absolutely gorgeous day outside. And so the discipline to sit and actually um, do these things when it, when it's absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous and we're near water and all of those yeah. things is, is the challenge. Uh, strangely enough, that you know, talking about the book, it, it I think it took me about five years to write in total. Wow! Because uh, because I did it bit literally um, an article and then an article and then an mm. article and then I did and built on that. Um, but it was kind of okay. Uh, every third Sunday of the month, I'm going to sit down for four hours and write. And um, so it, it, maybe not six years, maybe it was three years, but it was, it was a long time. Um, and of course, you would, you know, you would get a chapter written and hit on something and realize that you need to go back to the other two chapters and yeah, revise them <laughs> and everything, right. you know, because. It, it, you know, you need to bring this character out a little bit earlier on so that we can understand why he's doing this. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's great, Cliff. Well, really look forward to hearing your, your, your presentation here. It's, it's a lot of information to pack into a short period. Um, yeah. So maybe it's something we can extend on on this podcast after you do that presentation and Absolutely. Get, to, get to get to some points and you and I could probably chat for three hours without without <laughs> taking a break so i appreciate it and just for the listeners as a reminder the lubrication and reliability virtual summits taking place on september 14th and 15th of this year 2021 uh it is virtual <laughs> with COVID happening yeah. still it seems so uh virtual seems to be a good thing and and um one of the opportunities i really like about this event is not just the presentation itself but the chance to talk with the presenters both before and during and after the presentation to, to really hone yeah. in and ask Cliff some questions. So thank you very much for the sneak peek into your presentation, Cliff. Oh, you know, it's great. And uh, it was actually, as you say, really great to talk to you. And and, uh, and even though others can't see us, we can see each other. And That's right. See you again. And uh, it, it's good. And, and yeah, talking about the, uh, the, the conference, uh, there, there are some amazing, yeah, it's an amazing group of speakers and, and, it's, uh, I haven't it's, seen anything like it. It's, it's, yeah, kudos to, uh, to the event organizers for putting this together. The list keeps on growing. Yeah. And if I have to do, we do a podcast on every single speaker, we'll be, we'll be into next year, still trying to get through the list. There's that many, <laughs> there's that many yeah. good speakers out there and just doing, I've, you know, I've done 10 or so of these and the amount of information I've already gathered is, is so valuable. So yeah. Um, yeah, kudos to the, to the team for putting this together. All right. Well, yeah. thanks again, Cliff. Yeah, thank you, Blair. It's great talking to you and really, really look forward to uh, meeting up and having a coffee or something together. Right. If, I'm yeah. ever, if I'm ever out that way, and I, you never know, I may be, I'll, I'll, I'll be in touch and we can grab a coffee. Sounds good. Thanks, Cliff. Take care. Great to speak to you, Blair. Well, listeners, I hope you enjoyed the quick conversation with Cliff Williams. I encourage you, if you haven't already, to sign up for the Lubrication and Reliability Virtual Summit. And also... And we save this to the last. This week, we are giving 10 free tickets away to the event. All we ask for you to enter into this is post a comment. 
when we post this on LinkedIn, please post a comment. You can say hi. You can say great episode. Share any thought. It's as simple as that. And we will pick winners at random. There is no simpler contest you will ever enter to win anything.